2023 comes to an end. Happy holidays. Well, hello and welcome to Triangle Square PlayStation Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me for the last episode of the year of our Lord, 2023, is one Mr. Chris Figs. Chris, how you doing, buddy? Oh, just dandy. How are you, Brett? Doing dandy. I'm doing fine and dandy as well. Uh, been a busy week, as holiday mm-hmm. weeks tend to be, but busy in a good way, you know, seeing people that you love, care about, uh, rushing around to do so. Uh, so we hope all of you had a good holiday season, whatever it is that you celebrate, however it is that you celebrate. Uh, and we are back today for the last episode of 2023. And, you know, considering the time of year it is, uh, we're actually recording instead of you know, relying on banked episodes. So instead of digging into the news, which there's not a whole lot of anyway, we're going to have, we're going to talk about one thing realistically. Um, we figured that this would be an episode kind of to reflect on the year in gaming to some degree, you know, answer questions from uh, the listeners who decided to go over to social media and, uh, answer the call to action, as well as have some fun with the Velvet's Corner to wrap out the year with a probably shorter than usual episode. We are really aiming for that anyway. Um, helps with Chris's crazy schedule. Seems like work's been rough for him. Work's been crazy for me. We got a, mm-hmm. three people out of our like <laughs> 12 employees or, that are on vacation. So. <clears throat> oh, good. You know how that, how that works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it creates an impact. So we're going to have some fun today. We're going to uh, kind of wind down the year and wind down the day, as it were. So if this is your first time listening to the podcast, first and foremost, we hope that you enjoy it. Welcome. Um, Chris, we're going to start the show off in a rather time-honored tradition here and checking out what each other have been playing so that we can either give the listeners, be them new or old, um, New or existing, I should say. <laughs> Some insight <laughs> onto not. whether they should uh, or should not play it or whether they would or would not be interested. So uh, my list is not too crazy. It looks like you're still kind of on your uh, bouncing around games thing. So go I've, ahead. Let's. I've gotten to that point again. So what's you been playing? Um, I've been doing a couple games. Um GTA 4 is still... I've slowed down on GTA 4. I still do have aspirations of the Platinum. But I got stuck doing one pigeon for like an hour. And I was like, I don't want to do this, man. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, but I still like it. Like GTA 5 or 4. I keep saying 5. Every time I talk about this game, I say 5. But um, yeah, GTA 4 is great. It's a lot of fun. I think I'm... I'm either closing in at the end or I'm going to get the platinum. I don't know which one it is yet. Uh, it's kind of anytime Brett and John are like, "Oh yeah, let's play." I'm like, "Yeah, we'll go for it." I'm down. But oh, you guys push me. I literally fell asleep the other day. Yeah. For so long that by the time I was up, I was like, "I just want to go to bed again." <laughs> so I moved from the couch in my studio in the game room yeah. uh, to the to the bed. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny though because I was like, "I want a power nap," and then it was like three hours later, and I was like, "Oops, that was um, too long." That's not a power nap. That's a nap. That, yeah, that's <laughs> no, that's not even a nap. That's sleep. <laughs> yeah, at that late at night. No thanks. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I don't know. I I don't. I don't plan on ever hitting you guys up because you're doing me a favor for it, you know? Oh. So, but we'll see. 
maybe soon we'll do it. Um, I don't feel but, so bad about it. Definitely, once it's 2024 and the trophy competition is a new, and I'm not pushing a clock where I'm trying to maybe potentially edge my way into a victory over uh, old bacon bits here, um, <laughs> <laughs> then then we'll feel maybe a little different. Um, so, well, then you can just throw me at whenever. Now I'm trying to both enjoy a game that I'm playing while also hoping <laughs> I can get the platinum in time for it to count. <laughs> yeah, is it Avatar? Yeah, yeah. Nice. And it's You're a, it's it? a, yeah, I am enjoying it. It's a juicy game. But before we get over to me, I noticed that in the Discord, right? And if you want to join the Discord, head over into the description, click the link down there, whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on podcast services. Um, I noticed that you know you, you were kind of talking in the Discord about the very real possibility that if you move out, that you're going to be spending a lot of time playing PS3 anyway. Yeah. But it kind of seemed like you were leaning toward that regardless of what happens with your living situation. And I noticed <clears throat> that your list is all PS3 besides a multiplayer game, which checks out because you know, you're know <laughs> you not going to have a lot of active multiplayer PS3 games. So yeah. it, you'd, you'd be surprised. You would. I've played some World at War recently within this Dude, year. Dude, when we went into the lobby in Grand Theft Auto 4 that first day that I hopped in, there was like 15 people in that map running around. Yeah. That's enough to have an active map as far as I was concerned. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Um, yeah, so I, especially when I move out, that's one of those things where, you know, as li- listeners might know, like I still live at home with my parents and I've, not had much cause to move out. And then I just kind of decided I was going to, but one of the things that I realized I would have to sacrifice is like, I can't be uh, the treasure trove of buying any video game I want. So I have this big PS3 collection that I honestly like real talk confession. I like having it, but it's like 99% aesthetics. Like it looks sick, but I don't play a lot of PS3 games. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, is that really there's there's two sides of that. It's not wrong to be in 2023 and not be playing a lot of PS3, just like it's not wrong to be in 2023 and be playing a lot of PS3. It's like both are valid, but more people are going to fall on the side of being in this year and not playing the, the PS3 a whole lot. So oh, I mean, yeah. realistically, you're in the status quo. Yeah, <laughs> you're I'm in the status quo gamer. normally, and the few times that you are playing them, you're special, Chris. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm somewhat of a completionist. Just keep the games for 10 years. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Very slow completionist, but I get there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. So there's just been a focus on stuff that I missed where I don't know if you've got, you might've, you might've gotten it more than anyone else, but it's like, I haven't enjoyed a whole lot of new stuff. Like it's been very. I think the only game I beat this year on PS Five was Resident Evil Resident Four. Evil 4. <laughs> yeah, other than like like platinum stuff and a lot of the stuff I got the platinum and so like The Witcher, old game. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, and then it was small indie games that I played, but nothing huge really stood out to me. Um, I didn't finish Hogwarts. Didn't finish Armored Core. You know, Persona 5 Tactica, I've been playing a bit on Game Pass, but nothing crazy. So I've just been kind of dipping back into the older stuff where I think that's just where I'm more nostalgic, maybe, or I don't know what the right thing is, but it just appeals to me more right now. 
Well, it's like the conversation we had about me kind of disconnecting from modern games for a bit and mm-hmm. kind of going off and playing almost exclusively games that were anywhere from five to ten years old, if not sometimes even older, depending on what I was playing on. Um, or just even revisiting, like, you know, like doing Twisted Metal 1 and 2 after they patched the ability to platinum them super <laughs> easily, um, which was fun. And I enjoyed doing it. It was, like, nice to spend, you know, 15, 20 hours in Twisted Metal, uh, you know, those both of those games and getting the trophies and just being like, oh, yeah, look, like, there's a very clear picture of what modern gaming is. And occasionally new games come out and share a little bit of that. Like, you know, you can kind of view them as a portal to the past, but more often than not, it seems like most new games, at least in the triple A sphere are just doing something different, which is fine. I mean, you know, in any given time period, you should be able to identify the media to some degree because, you notice that like media is is referential to other media, and it tends to be media from the from a previous gen. So you, you can only point to one game of any generation of the past and be like, that game was very responsible for how this generation's games are looking, mm-hmm. and that's pretty common. You see it often. I think The Last well, of Us definitely set forward Sony's, uh, you know, behind the shoulder third person action games, uh, you know, action adventure games where you're very story driven and very character driven because it worked for them. And a lot of the industry followed as a suit because that's what people wanted. And you look at Skyrim, Skyrim was the reason that open world games became so uh, prolific and, and so abundant in PS4. So, well, let me maybe interesting conversation potentially here where that I've been thinking about while you talked is I feel like the PS3 is right at the bottom edge of refining video games, right? I think I know what you I think I see where you're coming from, right? Yeah, like, and I think the the point we're at, right, is the PS4 and that generation refined it even more. And now it's so refined that it's almost a little sanitary. It's like you get a, a PS3 open world game like Mafia 2 and you're picking up Playboy magazines with fully detailed pictures but there's nothing else in the entire game. <laughs> like I don't know if you played Mafia Two. It's like the porno mags and an empty city. That's the whole game. And no, I, I haven't. But I'm. <laughs> it's like enslaved Odyssey to the West, right? Sure. Like I don't think that's a game you would see right now because that game would have different, you know, different crafting systems and collector stuff. And that game does have that to a degree, but it's not overwhelming. Well, it's, and it's referential to the time, right? Like yeah. that was before games became where almost every game has to have RPG light features, which is another thing that right. happened, right? Throughout PS4, every game that could needed to have some kind of gear system that, you know, may or may not really matter that much, but they want you to interact with it anyway. Um, or even if you do have to interact with it and the game forces it on you, you don't have to do anything thoughtful. You just have to upgrade to the next best piece mm-hmm. of gear to keep going. I would argue that God of War 2018 was that. Uh, and it wasn't like the gear in God of War 2018 was to actually work on building different builds, which is what the idea of armor sets and, and gear in a traditional RPG is. All right, well, what are you going to have equipped? And that's going to play a big part in how you play games. But it, it, it I I don't even want to say anything bad about it and I'm and I'm not trying to imply that you're saying anything bad about it but uh, 
most of the ambition that was prevalent in PS3 uh, is commonplace now. Like on PS3, it was very hard to do densely packed, large open worlds. So when people tried to do it and swung for the fences, sometimes they'd fail a little bit, but there was always that little bit of like, wow, the fact that they even tried and got close or or succeeded is kind of amazing. But, you know, these days, I think we take that for granted to some degree. Um, we, you always talk about time and place of games. Um, they've been talking about making an Avatar game for a decade at least since the original uh, movie yeah. came out and it finally comes out and the game is underperforming considerably, which is unfortunate because it's a good game. I'm, I'm enjoying my time with it. Um, but the time and place of it all, if you came out with a game that was remotely like Far Cry is or like a, like this game is, which is very similar to Far Cry in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. So I think that there's a very real possibility that you could have made this game and it been like a Far Cry three or four, and this game would have been like, holy shit, guys, in 2013, in 2012, in 2014 even, you know? Well, and it's just, we're not there now because Breath of the Wild had a massive open world. No, Red I, Dead 2, massive open world. So it, it, you get to yeah. a point where all the ambition that used to make certain games stand out is being replicated and replicated, which is great because you're spoiled for uh, genre. You're, you're spoiled for options within every subset of games, right? You're spoiled for options in RPG. You're spoiled for options in open world games. You're spoiled for options in indie games. You're spoiled for options in third-person action adventure, mm-hmm. which is awesome and great. But I feel like because of that, things don't stand out as much. And that's really, yeah. you know, we, we've had the, we've had like well, microcosms of this conversation almost all year round. Yeah. But it's just harder to get eyes on games that are doing something interesting because arguably all games are doing something interesting. We've just seen it all to, it's that, to some degree. I think, I think the point I was trying to make when I was talking about Mafia, which ended up with me kind of just sounding like a boomer, was that there's because everything is so mass market and trying to sell to the highest quality, highest amount of people, mm-hmm. there is no like weird experimentation or just weird shit going on. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what I kind of missed. That was kind of where I was going with mafia. Right. Is that they put all this effort into one thing that they really wanted to do because it fit the time, but then they built an open world that is completely empty other than the playboys because and that i think is something now where you would have the playboys but then you would also have the spent bullet casings from the jimmy hoffa murder and then you would have collecting cars and then there would be a submission for one of the mafia things and then you'd be building up your mafia and choosing different mafia bosses and doing too much stuff and i think one of the interesting <laughs> thing about older games that I notice is that they're very focused, right? Like I've been playing LA Noir. That's one of the games on my list. And LA Noir is you go to this place. We play this obnoxiously loud music tone because you're right near a clue. You examine the clue. You go talk to somebody and you try and guess if they're lying or telling the truth. And that's the whole game, right? Mm -hmm. And a game like that in 2023 is you go there there's a hidden feather in the woman's bedroom where her dead husband used to used to write his books, right? And you have to go pick up that feather. There's just so much stuff, and it's so tightly it's it's built to expand the hours. And I feel that less in some of the games I'm playing, right? I hope that makes sense. I feel like that. No, makes I, sense. Get, 
I get exactly what you mean, and it's I, I struggle with how to look because it's like no matter what you do, it's a little difficult to um, it's a little difficult to try and talk about this without sounding like you're uh, you're stuck in the past or that you're trying to overly criticize new games because I've had I played a lot of great games this year, even new ones, um, but games are so expensive that you it's it's There's it no doesn't risk. even matter it doesn't it doesn't really matter but games are so expensive to make that yes there are people that are making games on much smaller budgets but you can tell that immediately and i think one of the things that comes from that is because of how hard it is to make games in comparison to certain other art forms uh, a good comparison is of course film one of my favorite things about film is that a shoestring budget movie can end up making tons of money and being revered. And depending on how well it's made, you may not even realize it was made on a shoestring budget because nothing about it made you go, well, this is okay. Yeah. Like this is definitely not the Avengers. And clearly <laughs> that, that is true, right? Like if a movie's not as CGI heavy, but like a good example is Godzilla minus one is being heavily revered as a, oh, one of the greatest movies movie. of the year. Um, and that movie was made for like less than fifteen million. If you were to listen to what the the director was talking about, and I've heard that yes, there's a little bit of questionable CGI here and there, but also one of the most expensive movies that came out this year or the end of last year was The Flash, a movie that I enjoyed, but it had questionable CGI in plenty of places. And that movie was made on a much higher budget. So, whatever, Chris, you get my point. <laughs> I, I, thought that I haven't was seen I haven't seen Godzilla, so I don't want to overstate or understate its thing. I want to see Godzilla, by the way. Uh, but my fine. point being is that when you watch a movie like Godzilla, right, <clears throat> I don't think that there's as obvious as an, of an immediate like, oh, well, this is a this is a low-budget film. Instead, it's like, oh, this, this is a different type of film. You don't even think about budget. It doesn't come into mind. Whereas I think in gaming, maybe it's just because of... And maybe I'm projecting some of what I know to be the case. You play certain games and you're like, hmm... I think this art style was specifically chosen for this reason, which is not a bad thing at all. Some of my favorite games I played this year had weird art styles. The Artful Escape was a really awesome game with a cool art style that I'm glad was probably because they couldn't afford to try and make something look photorealistic, which is a yeah. good thing. I played Yoku's Island Express, and that game is adorable, beautiful art. And it's, you know, but it's driven by the fact that it's budgeted. Um, and because you can see that stark contrast, and now, sorry, I just want to no, finish fine, that point, but, but since you can see that stark contrast, um, unfortunately, gaming doesn't have that same ability to kind of lull the the player into a sense of like, don't think about what the game size or budget or anything is, because you're going to tell, because you don't, very seldom do you see a movie that's $10 and, and then another movie that's $59. That's just not common. Movie prices are a lot more homogenous. Game prices do act as an indicator to give you some kind of information about probably how much the game costs for them to make, mm -hmm. how many hours you should expect to get out of it re within reason, um, and stuff like that. And so it, it's unfortunate that gaming has that because it used to, I feel like THQ and game companies like that were a great middle ground mm -hmm. where you'd see triple A in its design, while also, if you really look, being able to clearly tell it was made for a lot less money. And that still is happening to a degree, 
But even a game like Plague Tale Requiem was very expensive to make. Yeah. Well, there's a game company that's been in the news recently whose big budget sequel that came out this year cost about $200 million more than its previous game. And I think one of the interesting things that came out of the uh, came out of the news around that was that people internally were like, "Can you even tell the difference?" And I think the answer is no. We both played this game, and um, I feel like the answer is no. Like you can't really tell where that extra two hundred or hundred million went, and it's it's such an expensive product now that it has to be. There's no risk in that game. There's cool shit in it, but there's no true risk, right? There's no morality system in your superhero game. You know, there's no, hey, you're playing as a monkey kind of man and you're in the apocalypse with this girl. (laughs) There's not none of that. There's no, hey, you're playing the bad guy but you think he's the good guy, right? There's none of those risks, really. So, all that to say, um, I don't want to be pessimistic and say it doesn't exist because one of the most interesting things about Sinua's saga is that I do think Sinua's sacrifice, while it was made as an independent game, uh, actually exists as one of the rare examples of what I was talking about, where that yeah. game had very high production values made on almost no money <laughs> to the point <laughs> yeah. where the act, the main actress was just a developer at the studio who they mo-capped. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And even the way they mo-capped was very different than standard mo-capping. They found a way to do like incredibly low-budget mo-capping that was very, <laughs> very effective. Um, and so I think it's interesting that Microsoft bought that and I'm excited for that game because, of course, I like the first. But the second is because it does have such a higher option for budget now. And, of course, we won't get to see that, which is a conversation we've been having. Uh, it's it's weird how secretive budget uh, uh, to sales and stuff are in the gaming industry as opposed to any other industry. Like, yeah. we hear about budget to return on investment pretty often in other industries. Um but gaming is very secretive. But point being is we're unlikely to ever see the budget, but I think it's undoubtedly much higher than it would have been had uh, Microsoft not come in and bought. Um, um, why can't I think of uh, Ninja Theory? Which enslaved is Ninja Theory, so we're just having a roundabout conversation. But point <laughs> being, I w- I'm curious for that game because I want to see how much of its quirky nature it maintains as a high-budget sequel because that will be very informative as to what kind of risks truly do exist. And I'm still unsure how risk-averse Microsoft is because of their very different and clearly, as we've kind of gotten to see, not entirely working um, as often as they want strategy of having a market that's driven by a subscription um so you know that's i'm curious how much they pushed and been like hey if we're going to give you this much extra money for this game it needs to be a showcase game Mm -hmm. and if it's going to be a showcase game we're going to dictate a little bit more of what you're doing and i hope that that's not it because the real way to get a showcase game as unfortunate as that is uh or as weird as it is, maybe even unintuitive, is to just leave people alone and let them make cool stuff. And you just have to have an eye on mm-hmm. what you should push and how you should push it. But the fact that Demon Souls came out at a fizzle 
And then it, a Souls-like is now an entire genre goes to show you that you never know what's going to take off. Right. You just don't. It's... <laughs> God, could you imagine the tra- trajectory of the industry if Sony hadn't fumbled that bag? <laughs> 100%. And it's also weird to think of what might have happened with FromSoft. You know, you like to look at them and think, well, they probably wouldn't have done anything different. But it's just, it's it's, diff- it's interesting to see because Sony very easily could have been like, yeah, we're going to take the risk. And then they would have been rewarded. Can you imagine Sony getting to put out Elden Ring? But then you have to ask yourself. Would Sony allow FromSoft to put out Elden Ring the way that Elden Ring was? Well, that's what I'm curious about. Because here's the thing, right? They they probably if they if they had a read the read that they should have had on Demon Souls, they would have bought From Software then. Probably, but you know, Bloodborne. This is just the way the the things go. Bloodborne didn't do that well. Sold like two million units, which is probably enough for it. But right. In comparison to the 35 million that Elden Ring sold, that's a uh, quaint. Yeah, but maybe but <laughs> I, I'm not a I'm not a FromSoft uh, lover. Dark Souls like Three sold else. like over 10 million. It took right. a lot longer. But that's but the question million. I'm about to ask you. Right? Didn't Bloodborne? Again, please don't yell at me. But didn't Bloodborne kind of start this? Start what? Out of curiosity, like the fervor around it. Uh, I think well because people love Bloodborne. Well, Dark Souls started it, but then Bloodborne comes out. It's a PS4 exclusive, which instantly puts it into the conversation whether you played it or not. And it came out after Dark Souls Two, which was right uh, much more. Well, it was yeah, much more criticized in the first. Right, and then that's when oh shit, these guys made Bloodborne. Dark Souls is really cool. Demon Souls, if you go back and if you know, you know. It's actually great, yeah. Right. And then now, bam, Dark Souls 3 comes out. It it reviews highly, and it's the guys behind Bloodborne, the game everyone's been talking up for years, even though nobody played. You know, that kind of thing. Okay, here it is. And then they love that, and then here's Elden Ring, right? It's that same trajectory. Yeah. No, I think you're right. It's like building a podcast. (laughs) It's the same shit. Weirdly um, enough. Um, but look, I don't, I don't want to spend too much longer on, on this. I mean, I get where we're going, but the reality is, is that we're going to have to wait and see. Um, but I'd say the PS5 generation has been, there's been a lot of great games and I have no problem with the games that are out. But I think that this has been one of the least experimental generations uh, so far. And that's probably, so to your point, Chris, it seems like that's the trajectory, even though I hope it's not. I don't, I'm hoping that COVID slowed down certain games that would have been cool. Maybe, maybe Ken Levine strikes again, Judas comes out and yeah. is everything that the industry needed to blow up. And because, you know, Bioshock was a big, you know, watershed moment for the industry as well. So if he can actually, you know, trap lightning in a bottle three times, because I'd argue infinite was also a very big game uh, for them. Then Um, maybe just maybe we'll get somewhere with it. Cause that's a, from everything we know, that's a massive, it's been being worked on forever. It's got a big budget behind it or it's had a big budget because of how long it's taken to get worked on, but we'll see. I don't know. I do think it's telling that my most anticipated games of, of, the, of next year are Persona 3 and Yakuza. So I've old games pretty much. I've also played <laughs> Dragon Age Origins. <laughs> um, I, man, I like that game, but I don't know if I can play it. It runs so bad sometimes. Yeah, it does. And like I was reading the trophy guide and there's like, make sure you turn off autosaver. The whole game will break. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> 
<laughs> what is this? So even just a regular playthrough is 40 to 50 hours. I'm not. I did an you're hour having, for Fallout and wanted to kill myself. So I think you're having uh, some rose-tinted glasses on how BioWare's games ran on, on 360 or Xbox, big homie. Well, I never, I hadn't played Origins. I only played Dragon Age Two, and Dragon Age Two runs well. Dragon Age Two is a good game. Dragon Age Two does run well. And I've never it's, played it's, Origins it before is, this. It is Dark Souls Two to Dark Souls One. Everyone hates that game because it it's nothing like Dark Souls uh, or it's nothing like Dragon Age Origins. Yeah, which is <laughs> what all. sucks because I like Dragon Age Origins too. I like them both, but they're vastly I had just come off games, Fallout Three yes. when I played Dragon Age Two. So you're like, obviously, I liked it. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's a great game. I I want to keep playing it. Um, Unfortunately, game. there's not a better way to play it besides PC, and I, I think it's on PC. At the very it's least. on. It's definitely on PC. Yeah. yeah. So, but other, otherwise, PC that game. game has not gotten any kind of remaster or anything. No. Re-release. When they delay uh, Dreadwolf, they'll uh, the, put they'll, it out. they'll be like, "Hey, Origins, hey, here's Origins enjoy and two. <laughs> um, but yeah, the last. You think game they'll ever do a collection so. with uh, that probably. that two and Inquisition? They should. They won't include Inquisition. It'll just be uh, <laughs> Dragon Age Inquisition, get out of the Hinterlands edition. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the last game was the only current-gen game I've played this week, which was The Finals. I've seen which, you on it a lot. Are you are you turning dude, a corner on it where you're really liking it? Yeah, it's fucking fun. It's really fun. <laughs> I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, people out there, if you'd like to play, I like playing the medium class. Uh, it's great. I still think the announcers are weird. <laughs> Like, I'm sorry, I can't not hear the Slugfest guy. And it makes me, like, slightly uncomfortable. But it goes to show that I think I was wrong. I don't think the games industry will actually care about AI. Because people people I've seen, like, I love Skill Up, and he's talked about against AI before, and then he gives this game, like, yeah, this game's fucking fun. And I'm like, that's great, it is fun. But you would think you wouldn't be... If you were against AI, you know what I mean? It's hard to... Well, it's it's, it's the hardest part of anything, which is if you truly care, you have to balance whether or not... How much do you care? If you care enough to talk about it, does that mean you should care enough to have your actions uh, reconcile with your words? And if you really care and you say that, then you should be able to say this game is fun, but I I can't support it. And I don't think you should either. And that's a, that's a very hard thing to do. We're very quick and easy to be able to say, Hey, this is in theory bad. And then when something that we enjoy that utilizes it comes out, we're like, but I mean, you know, we we can play this one. What's the, (laughs) it's, that's the human condition, man. Well, it's, it's the trapped in the closet conundrum, right? (laughs) Please, please expound what you mean. (laughs) <laughs> trapped in the closet is a modern masterpiece of a musical it's so opera good. it is so good but r kelly is a bad guy <laughs> <laughs> that's fair yeah. so it's like do i i and it and it's like do i like trapped in the closet enough to be willing <laughs> to know that <laughs> And for me, the answer is once a year. So, <laughs> so once a year, you just listen to all thirty-five parts of Trap in the Closet. Hell yeah! Also, the, I can't remember the actual number, but it's, it's way more than you think. Oh, it's way more. Yeah, it's it's he made, he profited off it. But the thing is, 
it's that same thing, right? He likes people like the finals, so the AI voiceover doesn't really matter. People are going to talk about it, and then they're going to go back to playing the finals because it's fun. So, oh, it's got thirty three. I was very close. That was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, that's insane. That started in 05, and the final chapters of the videos for it came out in 2012. The cop was a midget. Uh, what a dude, what a <laughs> odd, what an odd piece of media oh. that I reference often because it's so oh, yeah, crazy. It's fantastic. But that's the thing, you can't listen to it in public. Says who? You, I, you can't, you can't like, you can't go into a New York subway with your speakers and play trap in the closet. Someone's going to be going a into a New York subway with a speaker anyway. That's, they're, they're called headphones. Dude, you're like, you're discussing the people who like walk into Walmart with their phone, their speaker, like their phone on speaker mode, having very intimate conversations out loud in Walmart. Or straight up just listening to whatever music they choose and see fit, walking around with their phone out. I'm like, do you think anyone else here wants you to be the person that selects the music for them? I said that (laughs) thinking about my job. And then I realized that there's no situation where I should probably ever play Trapped in the Closet at work. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's just knowing the. And it didn't work out. Okay. (laughs) That's okay, Chris. I can accept it. What have you played? I have been playing Frontiers of Pandora, and I've talked a, a bit about it, but uh, I continue to think it's a really good game. It's got a lot of the problem that Ubisoft games have had, but I also think it's got a lot of interesting solves or somehow their design works better in this world and for this game. I also think they've been, they went a little bold and they took a lot of uh, creative risk with some of the side quests. And it's unfortunate that I think that they did all this and they are getting almost nowhere with it. Um I find it insane that in the same year, Avatar uh, Way of the Water can come out and be the highest grossing film of all time. (laughs) Uh, And then the Avatar game coming out in the same year gets absolutely zero attention from its publisher, gets no marketing whatsoever. The only reason I know the game is out is because of a few people on Twitter. Yeah. And not even like high-end people. Like a few random people on Twitter, they were like, hey, this Avatar game is pretty fun. I'm like, oh, shit, it came out. I heard about that game when they finally showed it off, and then Ubisoft has basically said nothing about it ever again. Here's the thing. I remember being a detractor, a detractor strong, but I remember thinking, like, is Avatar Way of the Water going to do well? Because I never hear anybody talk about Avatar. And then it was a massive success. But here's the thing. They marketed that thing to the fucking ground. I couldn't mm-hmm. walk somewhere without seeing Avatar 2 in theater. Uh, <laughs> go too. see it today. And they have not given it that treatment for the game. So it really sucks. It's it's crazy to see an IP be so valuable in one medium and so absolutely unvaluable in, in a lateral medium. So um, it's unfortunate, but I'm enjoying the game. Uh, it's very long. I th- I'm surprised with how big the world map is and how varied it is. I'm in uh, an entirely new section of the map now. Really? Um, yeah. It still has the problem of being too big realistically, but thankfully they have a lot of ways to try and work around it and they give you a lot of mounts and stuff pretty early in the game. Uh, so that's good because other games have very big maps and then don't even give you the ability to mount until over halfway through the game. I think Forbidden West had that problem. So... Did. 
it's interesting to see, but I am very much enjoying the game. I will like to talk more on it whenever I'm actually complete, but I think it's a, it's a cool story. I think they're doing something interesting. Um, this might well be the last Avatar game ever, or at least for a long time, because ultimately they're going to look at the performance of this as something to you know meter how well it can do in this industry. And dude, I'm going to be honest; anymore. it's an Avatar game. I wouldn't be surprised if it charts. <laughs> well, that it's, dude, the game is the game. Which well, this is not unlike Ubisoft anyway, but the game's been out for like two weeks and it's already forty dollars. Well, yeah, but. My argument would be that I've never met an Avatar fan. Sure, same, right? But those I, are huge. I thought there was movies. no way there was no way that the second movie couldn't could do well because I never hear anybody talk about it, and then it fucking made billions. Avatar so. <laughs> is the movie. Like, have you ever heard the theory that everyone else doesn't exist? <laughs> yeah, right. Avatar is the movie that proves that everyone else is an NPC. In my reality, right? Because no, nobody likes Avatar, but then suddenly f- billions of people have seen the movie. Yeah. I'm like, I've never met someone who likes that shit. I know one person in my actual, like, I've met them, I see them, talk to them face to face. I know one person who has told me they saw the second movie. Yeah. I don't get it. So thought that was interesting um <laughs> but moving on i i restarted soul sacrifice and nice. i'll make I've, I've made it through to the uh the final sorcerer's ordeal um with uh sortiara so i'm not playing delta i am playing the original i have a, a soft spot for it but i thought about playing delta um, i don't know if i'll stick with it much but i've just you know been taking the vita around as we travel for the holidays and just popping it on playing it and i really like that game but it's, it's, uh, it's like you said it's focused and uh, it seems like if you're a focused game these days, you get the shit beat out of you if if you cost any kind of real money. If you're a focused game that's fifteen dollars, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're a focused AAA game that's sixty or seventy dollars, get the fuck out of here. That's basically what it comes down to. Um, what is your? Um, no, I won't tangent us again. Never mind. <laughs> that's okay, Chris. Um, but yes, that's where we are right now. So look, Chris, let's go ahead. We're about uh, we really need to get moving. We're going to try and keep with our our time, but also, honestly, who knows with the next thing we're going to talk about? You pulled the tweet, so uh, go ahead. I'm going to let you take over the uh, the Oof. section where you wanted to talk about this uh, <laughs> this this Blundell fella. Yeah, well, the reality is that there was I went on VGC and the only news was from last week. So we did the we did last week already. So sure. I did find a little stuff about the guy who had opened Deviation Games and then left Deviation Games, Jason Blundell. It appears that he is working uh, at a mystery on a mystery Sony project. Um, we don't know what that is. Because there's a bunch of people who he had worked for. There's this guy who was community manager for Deviation, who was now a junior game designer at PlayStation Studios. But the interesting part of his tweet is that is that the end he goes, and I work for Jason Blundell. So it appears that Jason Blundell has gone from Sony to more Sony, I guess. Because it would appear that it's this is a first party game rather than a second party game that Sony's paying for. Um, but the other tweet from Zuby Tech has just a bunch of other people joining PlayStation Studios after being, or so, they're joining Sony Interactive Entertainment 
for after being at deviations. So like the first guy I just clicked on was Fred Thompson. He was a full-timer design director at deviation. And now he's a principal game designer at Sony. He's been there for seven months. Um, someone else animate animation director was at deviation. Was at Activision? Was at Treyarch? Um, executive producer, Activision, Treyarch. And then this one's just different person. So, so what the hell do you, what do you think happened here? I mean, this sounds so weird because outside looking in, it sounds so ridiculous to hear that deviation basically just fell apart. But, and Sony was, for all, for all that we can tell, Sony's like, man, we're not going to worry about it anymore. But now the, one of the head people goes forward. I'm always surprised at how the hell stuff like that happens. Like well, he was the one who founded the studio. Was its failure not at least in part on him? Like, well, or, or what was it? Or did he just leave? And when he left, everything fell apart. And that makes you wonder. But well, yeah. And you also wonder because he co-founded the studio just to sure. clarify. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't well, the only founder. You were correct. Yes. And that's what I'm saying because maybe the other founder – the idea was more his and Jason didn't like it or maybe, and this is the one thing I don't understand why you would do this rather than just by deviation. Maybe Sony just poached him, <laughs> <laughs> but deviations knew you'd imagine you'd get them pretty cheap at that point. That's what I was saying. Um, but yeah, but he, okay. Hear me out though. You bought deviation for what? 500 grand a year rather than 20 million bucks. I don't Maybe. know. What, I don't know what it that depends guy on makes, how they do it, yeah. Yeah, But like, right. you know, I I don't see the reason why you do that, especially as it seemed like they were set up to be a Sony studio. I don't know if you remember when they toured their office; it was like dual senses on the walls and crazy shit like that. So yeah, not working on an Xbox SKU anytime soon. But I don't. There's not a ton to talk about here. It was just the most interesting thing that I found while going through is that. Sony clearly has an unannounced, you'd imagine, shooter project coming from Jason Blood. I think my man, I've been thinking about this a bit and I've been trying to figure out how to word it. But the best thing I've been able to come up with, right, in my head, right, as I'm thinking it through, is there's a lot of kind of chatter around, uh, at least, you know, of course, on Twitter and, and the, the internet sphere, but even amongst my friends' group about how gaming is kind of just in a weird spot right now. And I do think that that's true because it's just. A lot of things are not going as anyone expects. Random things are popping up and doing really well. Other things are, of course, doing well that you'd expect. But budgets are going through the roof. So I think that there's safer bets. But I've heard, I've seen some stuff where it was like Sony saying that they, um, pri- and I, I don't know how much of this even came from the leak. So I'm, I'm, if if it's something from the leak, I'm not. I don't know that it's from the leaks. So hopefully, it's not coming out like that. But. I saw somewhere where Sony was saying that if they don't change their primary market structure, that they don't think they'll be able to survive. And I find that so crazy to believe because as a consumer looking in, um, I think I've said aspects of this, but I found out how I kind of want to coin it. And I think it's, you know, they always talk about like the housing bubble and like the economy bubble and all these things and how it's going to pop. And whenever it pops, you're going to see the the repercussions of it popping. Uh, and I think what we've been seeing happen in the gaming industry is we've been seeing a live service bubble. And everyone tries to jump into it and tries and tries and tries. And we've heard so – I feel like very close to that, if not part of the same movement, was the idea of uh, – 
uh, in NFTs in gaming. Uh, and a lot of them were tied to live service games. So all that bubble kind of coming together, it's like these people trying to chase this trend really hard, dumping a lot of money. But because games take so long to make, I think certain developers are starting to finally, or certain publishers are starting to see that money they've pumped in to try and get this piece of the pie, that pie is only so big. Yeah. And so the bubble keeps inflating, but there's nowhere for this air to go. And eventually the wall of the bubble gets so thin that it just has to pop. And I feel like that's where we're at. We're somewhere either nearing the popping point is what it it feels like, because that even like Sony adjusting, either it's going to pop or it's going to slowly deflate. And and I, I say that to say that Sony have adjusted some of their things to where they're going to slow down how often they put out these live service games. And I'm hoping that what we're getting from here or what we're getting to is some of these publishers realizing that there is money to be made in live service. But there's also a way to do a live service game and let it have a natural end of life like multiplayer games of yore and kind of try and do the best of those and slow down how often you're releasing them. Because even right now, like the Game Awards was a ton of live service games. And you're kind of like, how many more can you have? Because like realistically, Apex, Fortnite, and Call of Duty take up a significant chunk of that market. You may be able to pull someone off for a few months, but if you don't keep them, it's a flash in the pan. You're going to get a little bit of the money you invested back, and then it's going to dry up and fall apart as they return to their home games. They, they, they kind of always go to Destiny 2 is a game like that for people. Mm-hmm. right? You may take a break for a very small bit, play something else for a few months, and then you come back to Destiny 2. A lot of Destiny players do that. So how many games in the market can do that and that, ty- and that branch of the market truly survive? Um, so to that end and how it deals with deviation and to a degree how it deals with this Blundell guy, what is his value right now? Is because you know, is his value as a multiplayer experience creator? Is his value to them just as a shooting game creator? Where are they trying to use him? And how much more is Sony truly giving into this games as a service uh, lean that they went so heavy into and already feel like they're backing out of to some degree? Yeah, I mean, do, do you have any? Do you agree, or do you even see where I'm coming from, or do you think I'm making a mountain out of a molehill? No, I think that's all objectively true. I think <laughs> I'm a very specific case because, like, I for some games, like I'm, I wouldn't go whale, but I'm a dolphin, right? <laughs> so, but I think what has to happen with those games is they have to capture you, right? When I was when I was an Apex player, I, we've talked about this on the show. There was a point where I spent two hundred fifty dollars for one cosmetic. I didn't do that okay. a lot. I did it once, and it was money that I got for no by no work of my own. So I didn't feel that bad doing it. But Marvel sure. Snap is the game that has me right now, and if it's under ten bucks and it helps me move up. I, I buy it. I've spent a lot of money on Marvel Snap because it's all very like, oh, here's 2,000 credits and 50 gold and a variant, 20 bucks. Yeah, that's a great deal. Like, <laughs> and it doesn't help that Sadie does the same shit. So we're like, did you buy the bundle? And I'm like, not yet. And then she'll be like, these are the variants I got. And I'm like, fuck, I just bought the bundle, you know? 
<laughs> so yeah. I think that's got to be a goal of live service, and that's why that's why factions was canceled, right? Because if they didn't think they could keep you there long enough <laughs> to get you invested and make you go, yeah, I could toss them a couple bones, right? Because that's always the way it is for me with Marvel Snap. It's like this game is free. And I don't, I just like this cosmetic. I like my anime storm, right? So I bought it. It's well, it's, I think of it in the sense of like, take it from, okay, so we're looking at individual games right now, right? And I guess take it a step back. And I think you can see the market in action and how almost any market works, right? Um, a market has a cap a certain number of people who are willing to interact with your market. So if we look at gaming, there's PC, there's Sony with PlayStation, Microsoft with Xbox, Nintendo <clears throat> with uh, Xbox, and um, or whatever, you know, Nintendo and then Xbox, and then there's uh, arguably Steam. And uh, Steam and Epic are in various ways tied to the PC nature. So you really can't look at them in the exact same way, but Steam's getting more into hardware. So you can talk about them to a degree. But what I'm really getting at here is that there's really four players in, in the gaming space that's normal. And then five, if you bring in smartphones mm-hmm. um, and you could subdivide those even further and say, well, the, you know, Android and, and Apple, since those really are the two that you can do. So suddenly you have what, six markets for your, for gaming. And what I'm really getting at here is that you can see right now with Xbox's numbers, the market in motion, you can, there's only so much market realistically, and there's only so much time and people only have so much time. So why do, Normally, most consumers don't buy an Xbox, a Switch, a PlayStation 5, and then have a computer or a Steam Deck. Most. There are definitely some who do, but that's not what they bank on, right? They bank on the normal person who buys one. And so you fight for that person to try and be the (laughs) one. If you get really lucky, one of the two things that they buy. And if you don't make that, you are the lowest on the totem pole. And there's a reason that Xbox One sold around 50 million in comparison to X, uh, PlayStation 4 selling over 100 uh, million and Switch selling over 100 million and PCs doing their own thing and selling millions and millions. My point there is that if you're seeing that in a more macro look, then when you zoom back into the micro, we're seeing if you look right now and you think about the games that are big. There are about five or six that seem to be evergreen and hold on to an audience and tend to be what the market is established by. I don't know how the publishers are looking at this. And I'm, they have people that are much smarter than me. So, But sometimes you can make something simple too complicated and then you fail anyway. That's just the nature of some things, right? Um, actually, a, a quote from the Avatar game, uh, <laughs> There's a, it's like... He says, like, the guy gives me a quest to go get uh, some ingredients to make a meal. And I, it sounds like, well, that's a simple meal. And he goes, well, simple, uh, simple recipes are usually the hardest to master. And that's the reality is that something as simple as breaking into a seemingly burgeoning market can be made too complicated. And then suddenly you fuck it up. Mm. Where I'm getting at with all this, I'm surprised that no one's looking at this and being like, we either have to think our game is good enough to bring new players into a market to make this market bigger, which yeah. hope maybe that is what they're really banking on, or this game is good enough that it's going to steal enough players 
from the other five or six big ones is that we can become either the seventh or we can become the new one of the new six while we push one of the original six out. And there's value in that. From a consumer standpoint, we should want to see new games come in and push the old ones out to make sure that games keep being more and more progressive um, and pushing things forward. Progressive is probably the wrong word. It has it's too uh, it, it's too politically tied into things yeah. now. But what I mean is, you want to see games push forward and do something new and interesting, and that that is typically easier to do when something new comes in and pushes something old out. Um, so yeah. I, it's weird to look at this and see how many games are coming out because it feels like there's no possible way that someone can look at this and think that that even half of the games that are being announced and, and released are going to get you any real return on investment. I Maybe I'm being aggressive about this, but I feel like you're looking at it. You're looking at it very right. But here's the thing. If Concord, Fair Games... And this game can all equal Warzone, it was worth it. Or can it? I guess that depends on how it's budgeted, right? But what I'm I'm not saying one of those games. I'm saying saying all three together. All three together. So, okay. So, Uh, we're on the same page. I understand. So, all three together. But that depends on how much these games cost to make. Sure. Of course. What does the return of investment need to be? But and a lot of these seem to be quite expensive. I think the thing that they're banking on, dude, realistically, is these are PlayStation games. Like that's the that's the bank. Like, hey, you can only play this here, or you're a PlayStation guy. Is that really? Because of course, think about all the other games I just listed. They're all non-console exclusive. You can play them anywhere, including phone on a, a good chunk of them, at least Fortnite. Yes, but and that means being on more places actually helps your chances. Now, I'm assuming your your talk is like, we're, we'll say it's been budgeted accordingly, and we're hoping mm-hmm. that we can draw people who don't usually interact with this segment of the market to play these games because they're like, well, it's, it is a PlayStation game and it pulls no. enough people to justify that market? Or are you saying that it's going to pull people from everywhere because of the, the PlayStation quality seal? There's a level of that, but I think that would be overblown. What I'm saying okay. is PlayStation dudes are going to download and play this game because it's a free game on their PlayStation made by PlayStation first party. Even if it's not Assuming free. they're free. Yeah, yeah but, assuming yeah. they're free. Obviously, the calculus changes entirely if it's a $70 box product. But I do think there's that bet on, hey, these guys are these guys who already baked into our system are going to be looking forward to our games and we're giving them a shooter or we're giving them a mission based PVE extraction game, which is what fair games seems like to me. So that's really what I think it is, is a push of, Hey, we're PlayStation. Hey, this game is really fun. And Oh, by the way, this is a PlayStation first party game. You know, the guys who published God of war enjoy Mm -hmm. fair games. You know, that's, that's, I think that's the calculus. But I really do think that if all three of these games are medium successes, or one is a pretty big success, one is medium, and one is nothing, they'll be fine. Okay. They still have I mean, MLB. look, we'll, we'll <laughs> see. I just think it's interesting to see this. But oh, let's, go ahead, uh, let's go ahead and kind of pivot into some questions that we have here. We got a couple. Can I um, do some housekeeping quick? Do some housekeeping. Go ahead. All right. So this is the last week of the trophy competition. This is the last week of the trophy And for the record, the last month of the trophy t- competition, the game was 
power wash simulator. That was bad of me. I didn't do it. Um, I will add those points whenever Brett and I decide to talk about it. Uh, and we we're going to kind of break it down on the show. But you have until the first. And if you platinum it before the first, well, then there you go. A thousand points. So right now. A thousand extra points, just to be clear. Correct. A thousand extra points. So I had our dedicated bookkeeper, uh, One-Armed Wolf. He sent me the standings. So, um, yeah, it is him and Brett. Top two, along with, I believe that's Josh Ayers in third place. And then I am in fourth place with 49,000. So, how close am I to him right now? Is this all points? I no, need to know. This is, I didn't, I, he was like, as I messaged him while we were recording when I decided I needed to do some housekeeping. And yeah. um, he was like, You want me to update it? And I was like, No. <laughs> so, this is as of December 1st, you are 5,000 points away from him. Yeah. Uh, Although, a look, lot, I, I want to say something. This month. <laughs> I want to say one thing. Sure. One armed wolf wins a moral victory because he destroyed everybody. Oh, he, yes, he won 100%. But then Kuno guy, I think it was Kuno guy who dropped. I apologize yep. for getting that wrong. Kuno guy dropped, and they were going back and forth with the shitty jumping tacos. And one armed wolf dropped all his tacos when Kuno guy left. So, Brett, well, this would not even be close. I would be calling game on this yeah, episode this is- if he hadn't done that. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm going to give him his shout out. And if he loses, bad call. <laughs> but I'm going to figure out something for next year. Um, he but wins I think, anyway. I mean, realistically, that's what we know. But uh, look, separate of all the taco games, as we're going to call them, yeah. <laughs> um, then if the the fact that I can catch up to him at all is uh, pretty good. Yeah. Because I have had <laughs> months of not getting any platinums of really very many trophies at all. And then like I'll just hyper fixate and play a bunch of games with like and it's funny because like I'm just playing games, but they just happen to be like going into December, I already knew like I don't want to yeah. play anything big. Uh, and so I go the, and started playing a bunch of small stuff. And then as I'm playing, I'm like, this game is pretty good. I can platinum this. And then I look, I'm like, oh, this is a pretty easy platinum. And then I do it. And I just kind of, I've been doing that all month, but it's added up because I've gotten like seven or eight platinums. This the month. moment I saw you playing the Artful Escape, I'm like, this guy's doing it again. What's funny is it was, that's been downloaded on my system. <laughs> but yes. Um, so that's uh, all I have to say. I think <sighs> the last thing. I want to start at January 1st again. This is all very late. We didn't, I didn't think too hard about how we'd start the next round. But if you're in the competition and you want to stay in the competition, one armed wolf will send me the scores on January 1st, and that will start next month. We'll do the same thing. If you're listening now and you'd like to sign up, you can hop in our Discord, which is in the description. The sign up banner is still there. I will add you to the leaderboard. You are. Free to join for the rest of the year, but your score starts the day that you start, right? So if you start in March, you it, we're not backdating all your uh, your taxes here. So you start in March, and that's when it goes. So please join us. It was a lot of fun. We had a lot of good discussions about trophies. I realized my L very early and stop and stopped playing, but it was really fun. It was good to interact um, and kind of have more of a trophy, a little bit of a trophy community in our discord. So if that appeals to you, join up. Speaking on trophies real quick, um, 
it's funny because you were saying like this guy's doing it again. And for anyone that doesn't know, uh, <laughs> last year, last year, 2022, I won the trophy competition between Chris and I <laughs> yeah. uh, by being a sneaky man and uh, getting about <sighs> 10 platinums the final month and not ever posting about them once. I, I put the impetus on Chris to go and check, and he didn't. Nope. And so I, I came out victorious, and he thought he's, he had a comfortable lead. <laughs> he's ignoring that for the entire year, every platinum that we got, we sent back and forth in our almost every was, platinum. That was an unspoken agreement. You know, it, it's oh, I'm not saying where... you violated any rules. <laughs> I'm saying morally wrong, but as a as a competitor, strategically hats very good. Off. Hats off. <laughs> And that's on yeah. me. I should have been verifying, but I'm like, this motherfucker, he ain't doing shit. And then he pops out like Grim Fandango, and I'm like, oh, God, I lose. <laughs> I didn't do Grim Fandango. What I should, though. The Day of the I've Tentacle never played it. was the one. No, the Day of the Tentacle Remastered. That game was awesome. Yeah. Hey, yeah. if you need to throw in another quick uh, couple thousand, Buddy Simulator 1984, I have that on my, my account. There you go. Okay. Well, who knows? We'll see. Uh, but right now, Wanted I'm, I'm weapons doing a... I need to do that as my first game for next year. I like that. That's he. It's it's said on the show. First game of next year, Wanted Weapons of Fate. It's happening. Well, for just because there's a very high chance I don't finish Avatar this year, there just is. I have very few days left. So first if, full platinum it, it, in 2024. Yes, yes. Wanted <laughs> yeah. Weapons of Fate. And then he'll yeah. finish Wolverine X Men Origins, and then I'll play them. Well, not Wanted. I already have that platinum. So. <laughs> All right, so we got a couple questions we'll move through real quick. But yes, join... Oh, I know what I was going to say real quick. No. I didn't even get it. Of all the games that you were talking about me getting and playing easy ones, I also I got the Super Liminal Platinum, and I realized that Platinum is apparently hard to get because it's very rare. Really? <laughs> and it makes sense because it, it requires speedrunning, which, you know, it requires a very specific type. You know, like the Stray Platinum got a lot of people because it required speedrunning. Yeah. And it's like, why are you making through. me run through my cat game? Stop. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, a lot in that game. But first question that we have, I think, is a pretty good one. And <clears throat> it comes from uh, Sweet Grand Turismo Jones, longtime friend, listener of the show. He says, what's your most anticipated game of 2024 and why? He says, I was hyped for the new Mudrunner game, but have been crushed to find out it's single player only. SnowRunner has been a game my brother and I play. So now it's Dragon's Dogma 2. Strength yeah. in numbers arisen. Um yeah, that sucks, dude. I did, I would have thought because of SnowRunner, and I even thought MudRunner 1 was multiplayer, but yeah, that sucks. I wonder what's going on there. If it's something they may add eventually, probably not. Uh, that's unfortunate, though. I've always thought that developer did a good job of putting out games and kind of sticking to what works for them, and it seems like it's been doing well for them, but maybe not. Maybe I'm crazy. So, Chris. Yes, bro. What is your most anticipated game of 2024 and why? Uh, Persona 3 Portable. There you go. Called like, Persona 3 Remake, I guess, technically. Isn't it called Persona 3 Portable? Did I make that up? Is the remake being based off of Persona I 3 th- Portable? Pers- which was I, a remake? It's, it's called Persona 3 Reload, not Portable. Reload, yeah. But I had yeah. Portable in my head. Yeah, I know. I got that as a Christmas present, and that'll come in February. So I'm like, well, you got me a Valentine's Day present, Sadie, so go to the store and get me something else. <laughs> um <sighs> 
non thankful, Chris. Non thankful. Yeah. Um, okay. Look, my wife got me tickets to see Creed. Uh, so yeah. I, I got Christmas with arms wide empty, but you know what? My heart was wide open and my arms higher. will be wide open when we see them in September of next year. Can but you until then, me? dude, um, not going to lie to you. What's Very that? excited for the last of us part two remastered, which sure. is weird. Total turnaround. Cause but it's an incredibly fun game. It's fantastic gameplay. Game. If nothing else. Yes. Gameplay wise. Fantastic game. Second tutorial. Mediocre. The other game I'm looking forward to though. Prince of Persia as it comes out in a couple Dude, weeks. It's so close. I am super ready for that game. All right. Well, you stole my answer, uh, <laughs> but why, here's the harder question. Why? Uh, why I'm excited for Prince of Persia. Yeah. Literally just cause it looks fun. Nice. I'm yeah, good with that. It answer. just looks really fun. Uh, well, since that was going to be my answer, the why is because I love Prince of Persia, and I feel like it's been so long since that se- that series has been able to do anything. And unlike a lot of people who seem to be disappointed that this game is a side scroller action, you know, platformer, I'm like, let's fucking go, because that's what the series roots were anyway. Like, yeah, do I love Sands of Time? Is it one of my favorite games from that series? Absolutely. Is 2008 Prince of Persia also fucking killer and one of the best games in the series? Of course it is. This looks awesome too. They can all be good. This looks really fun. And I'm curious to see, maybe they've talked about it, but I'm curious to see how much it's going to cost. If it will be a full-fledged $60, $70 no release, shot. that's bold, but I don't believe it will be. They would get raked um, over the coals because, only because it's 2D. It could be 150 hours long, and because it's 2D, they'd Tell the most beautiful destroyed. story in the world, yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, I will, can I shout out one more game, even though I've shouted out three now? Uh, Banishers, Damn. The Ghosts of New Eden. Dude, I hope um, that's good. Super looking forward to trying that one. You're stealing, dude. How does your follow up steal the move? The game I moved to. <laughs> okay, I'll change. Hold so on, fine, I'll ahead. move again. Oh, also, Chris, technically, you played some of uh, Remember Me. Yes, I did play Remember Me. Awesome game. Great while we're game. talking about, don't nod. Um, so, okay, Banishers was going to be my game, but now I get to go to my uh, my least my, my less fun answer because it's a little more safe. My other two games, if I was going to do it, are uh, Rebirth. Primary Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, primarily because they keep acting like they've added a lot of stuff that a lot of people seemingly wanted from the first one and didn't get. And I'm hoping that they can make the game as compelling and fun as the first one while making it longer and more padded out without ruining somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're going to have to strike a balance. That's, and I'm really yeah. curious to see if they can pull it off. Plus, this is some of the best Final Fantasy VII content of the whole game in yeah. this section. And I'm very curious to see where they're going to stop it. I have my I, my thoughts of where they're going to stop it, but also what's going to change. Because one of the things about Final Fantasy VII Remake that some people didn't like, but that I very much enjoyed, is uh, it being different. You don't mm-hmm. know exactly what's going to happen because it, while they called it Remake, in all honesty, it's a reimagining. It's almost like a side game. It's almost like a multiverse game, the way that yeah. they approach it, uh, which sucks because everything's becoming multiverse, but I really appreciated how they did it. So, um, I, Final Fantasy Integrate is one I'm de- pretty pretty looking forward to going back to and actually finishing. Um, you need I, to. I need to gut check you on something, Brett. Well, my, my second game, is oh, it have, does it have to do with that? Because I've yeah, already it mentioned rebirth. it once. It's uh, Sinuous Sacrifice. 
Oh, sure. Was yeah. was my other game. And it's just because I want to see what being bought by Microsoft has done to that series. I don't think it's coming out next year, but I will drop everything for a Valve. Of course, that that's an if. Oh, I was totally different game. Um, Avowed, but, if it comes out next year, I'm in for. Um, let me gut check you I'm on something you. for Rebirth. Uh, are they going to do okay. the thing? I have, I, have, I have a theory that they're going to do the thing, but it's it's going to be different. <laughs> That's everyone's theory, Chris. Join the club. <laughs> well, I'm trying not to spoil anything, all right? Well, well, no, no. What I mean by that is quite literally all of the online discourse around this game has been, A, is that going to be the ending? Or are they going to cliffhanger it to some degree somehow weirdly? Or even if it does happen, is it going to be what you think? Reacting and, to Discord, uh, I sent you my, my expectation. Oh, I'm going to throw you one. Yeah, that makes sense. But that depends on how that depends on if the revelation at the end of the first game is in chronological time or if this is in another universe's timeline. We have to figure that out. So I won't say too much more, but man, seven remake was so great and it really just surprised me a lot. Uh, so we're going to move on to another question. Hopefully you enjoy Dragon's Dogma 2. I need to play Dragon's Dogma 2, and I'm glad that it doesn't seem like you need to play the first one. So, Chris, that may be something we can uh, play together whenever you're uh, down here living next door to me, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I like how you just roll with it. It's like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> we'll just let it go. Uh, okay, we've got two more questions. Uh, this one's going to be pretty difficult, I think, uh, mainly because... Played this year is, is is weird because I played so much old to like Chris, but B-Raj88, one of our longtime listeners, longtime patrons, he says, what's one game that you played this year that isn't on any game of the year list you consider a must play? So, of course, the thought process there is a game that came out this year that's not being represented on any of the uh, must play list. So that's difficult because Chris and I played a trophies. lot of non-2023 games this year. Yeah. I very much adored RoboCop, but I think I would be hard-pressed to call... It's so hard to call a game must-play. And I think the reason is is because games are so dependent on what you enjoy about gaming that it's hard to look at a single game and say, yes, everyone should play this. Um, So to that end... I got mine. I don't actually know if this has touched any game of the year list, but I have an answer if it's not the answer. Uh, but you go ahead, Chris. Uh, Trepang squared. There you go. Trepang. That's, that's an interesting one. Um, how pissed do you think people would be if I said <laughs> forespoken? <laughs> that's not actually pissed, my answer. It's a bad answer. I, I would also throw Viewfinder on there. Viewfinder's great. I'm very excited to get to Viewfinder now that I'm done with Superliminal. I know they're yeah. different games, but I think that they're the same basic idea, right? Playing with perspective and yeah. weird things based off what you're doing. So, um, Okay, so for a game that came out this year that I think is a must-play, this is going to sound weird, but on the VR front, which means that you have to have VR, but on the VR front, I actually think for all of the complaining that or complaining strong, but for all the worry we gave around whether or not Horizon might be getting a little too much, I think Call of the Mountain was actually a fucking phenomenal game, and I enjoyed it 
much more than I ever thought I would have. I was so ready to play it and be like, this is a gimmick and then turn it off or to play it and be like, oh, it's just more Horizon. And if anything, I want future Horizon games to be more like it, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably not in anyone else's. Um, but if I'm going to go for a game that released this year that I don't think, I've, I've heard people talk about it and rave about it, thankfully. Um, I am going to shout out um, <clears throat> Remnant 2. I need to play more of it, and I need to beat it, but I think that game was great, and every time we played it, I was having a blast. I agree. We had a good time. So I think that's uh, the first game. Unfortunately, I have a similar trajectory on both of them. I got a good way through both of them, played with different people, and then never beat either of them, which sucks. But I think it was a good game. Um, so, yeah, there you have it. Uh, sadly, I don't have as many 2023 games to talk about, but we have one more question before we go into a Velvet's Corner to round the show off. And it comes from uh, Jehudi MD, another longtime listener, longtime patron. He says, with the end of the year and time for reflection, what gaming-related decision do you regret making this year or one in the past, if nothing else? And then secondarily, what about a gaming decision or a gaming-related decision that you were happy with or one? in the past so what you got here chris um i'm gonna be abundantly real probably buying psvr2 no i think that's i think that's fair and i feel bad because in a sense i feel like i very much i hyped it up because i still think it's a great product it is a great Um, product but as I tell anyone who goes to buy these things, like you have to know how much you're going to use it for it to be valuable yeah. to you. <laughs> exactly. I don't, I'm not like killing myself over it, but I definitely wouldn't do it again. It's just something where honestly, like since, since we played that first time and I just got like debilitatingly sick, that's that would kind of sour it for me. And I've played yeah. just pistol whip since then. And even like the little bit I played of like Synapse made me feel sick, so I haven't really played much. Oh man, that sucks! It's almost like though you finally got sick and it just broke something in you. Yeah, I think so, dude. That was bad. I was, I almost threw up on Mike with you. It was brutal, and it just got to a point where I was like, "Brad, I can't play anymore. Like, I have to get (laughs) off." (laughs) Yeah. No, that, that's unfortunate. All right. Well, then, conversely, what's one that you uh, that you didn't regret? So, what's one that you're very happy with? Um, going back to The Witcher Three. Oh, good that's answer. My answer. Good answer. Um, I Go feel with. almost like I'm cheating, but because last uh, last uh, episode, maybe the one before that, I gave uh, a similar answer, uh, but. One that I'm happy with to start there uh, was putting modern gaming down and going back to playing Vita. I played Vita only for like three, almost four months. And not a single time in that three to four months was I like, oh, man, I'm missing out. I I was just like, oh, this game's great. This is really fun. Oh, this game's cool. This is really fun. Oh, this game's cool. This is really fun. (laughs) And it was just nice because, like I said, I think it gave me better perspective uh, for it. So that was one I was very happy to do. And it's a risk, right, to, to be like, I'm not going to play anything as a host of a podcast. Uh, I'm not going to play anything new. And it's not a regret, but my flip side answer to that, it, it, it's the closest thing I can give to it is a regret, is that the reason I regret 
regret that decision, even though I think it was a good one, um, is because the impact of that is that it only worsened the fact that I didn't really get to play enough games this year uh, that came out this year in the way that I intended to. And I think if you've been listening, you may have noticed that we've been kind of hesitant to really do what we normally did, which is talk about game awards and give out awards and stuff. And I have a really hard time doing that this year. And I don't know how Chris feels about that, but I, I didn't play most of in all honesty. And only till recently did I even finish Le- uh, Hogwarts legacy. I've not played either at all or completed most of the big 2024 games that came out this year. And so it makes it really complicated to say, well, this is what I want to give game of the year because it feels no matter what, every year you're being exclusionary and giving awards to something that uh, to something that you played at the risk of a game that you might have enjoyed better that you just didn't play. It's how it works because it's there's so many games. How could you be expected to play them all? But more so than any year, I feel like I'm so behind the curve that it would almost be a disservice to try and genuinely point to a game that I felt like did something so much better than any other game this year because I, I don't have that reference. I haven't played Resident Evil 4. I haven't played Tears of the Kingdom at all. And I, at least I played Breath of the Wild, so I could talk about Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I didn't play Starfield. Uh, I mean, you know, a lot of the games that were referenced, even in the Game Awards themselves, I didn't touch. Yeah, I mean, I think that just gives you a unique perspective. Because my game of the year, I think, is like abundantly obvious to everybody. But I haven't beaten it. <laughs> played 178 hours of it, and I haven't finished it. Like, so, I mean, I don't necessarily think you need to beat it. I played enough of the games this year. Resident Evil 4, I beat three times. Dead Space, I got halfway through. Hogwarts Legacy, I almost beat. Armored Core, I got quarter of the way through. Um, High on Life came out this year on PlayStation. Got that, you know, that counts. I guess I'm really stretching at that point, but... (laughs) Yeah, I have played a lot of the games this year that I wanted to play. There's some stuff I'm missing. You know, I want to play, you know, I can't even think of it off the top of my head. Avatar is one I want to get more time into. I'd really like to get into Dead Island, too, and just see, you know. Mm -hmm. I got to open up Kong Rise of Skull Fuckery or whatever it's called. So, I don't know. I think there's a conversation to be had, but I do think in a lot of ways, like, Outside of Baldur's Gate, there's a lot of... I liked it up to this point, but then the consensus is, and I don't know how valuable that is from us, but... Yeah, I mean, that's... I don't know. A lot of the games, too, were on the systems I just don't tend to play nearly as much. Like, there was a lot of love for Pikmin 4, and that's not a game that I really have interest in playing, which I don't think is a problem. I'm curious of Tears of the Kingdom, but I don't know for sure that I'd ever really get too far into it. So, it's... Everything is just kind of as is. Um... But I don't think I would have enjoyed many games this year, if at all, had I not taken that break. So it's a, you know, you take the good, you take the bad, you mix them up together, and it's the facts of life, as they say. Um, Mm -hmm. So that reaches us to a uh, Velvet's Corner. And I bounced back and forth on which one that I wanted to go between. Uh, But real quick, for the final time, at least at the start, I guess I'll give it one final ring at the end. But here we are. We're moving into uh, what is still being dubbed the sexiest part of the show. Chris, ready your ears. Velvet Corner. Ooh. All right. So we have submissions, of course, Christ. some that we've still not gotten to. 
But yeah, I know, Chris. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Tell you what, if you move down here, you can hold a gun to my head while you force me to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, jokes aside, uh, Velvet had come up and had mentioned uh, that after us talking about the segment, he was excited and wanted to offer up another round of the quotal recall. So as you may remember, that was where he listened back to old episodes, got quotes of us. And then we had to guess who said it and about what game. Uh, So it was fun listening or to talk to him a little bit about him listening to older episodes. Uh, So I'm going to go ahead. We're going to, we're going to end the year with him since he started the segment. And then coming into next year, we got some that we're going to get into from other people. We're going to ask for more submissions. So if you have ideas, feel free to shoot them over to us at any time. We're creating a little repository, but, Velvet came and he said, good day, gents. I greatly appreciated the kind words about Velvet's Corner on the podcast, almost as much as I appreciate you giving a platform to my insane ramblings in the first place. <laughs> I truly hope the segment will continue with input from the community. It's always a lot of fun to listen to. As a thank you, I've put together another game of Quotal Recall. I've collected 10 quotes from previous episodes, and you'll be working as a team to guess who said what. You'll get one point for guessing the person who said it and one point for guessing the game that they were talking about. You need 15 points to win. And if you lose, you must each dress in a crappy cosplay on the next show, which is actually a pretty good punishment. Uh, The characters will be chosen by each other. So, Chris, you will determine my fate if we lose and I will determine yours. Good luck. Uh, So, here we are. We have the first question. Or the first quote, rather. <clears throat> I had a hammer in my hand and just started hitting everyone in the head with a hammer. Okay, what game allows you to have a hammer in hand and swing it? I'm thinking survival? Yeah. But I don't know. And who can you hit in a survival game, though? They're normally free of NPCs. So who are you hitting in the head with said hammer? So are we saying this is me? Is the thought that it was I? I don't I don't know. Here's the here's the interesting thing though, right? In my head, I'm immediately going to like a normal hammer that you use. But can you imagine if this is about like a big hammer weapon, like in a lot of games? Uh-huh. So that's what we gotta figure out right Ooh. now, Chris. Okay, first thing we gotta try and tie down. Who do you think said this? I had a hammer in my hand and just started hitting everyone in the head with a hammer. It's this feels like something I would do. Yeah. And therefore something I would say. But it also sounds like something I would say. <laughs> yeah, it does. So here's the problem, Chris. We are in a situation where not only do we not know who said it, but we have to go around who actually did it. So I I, I beseech you, Chris, can we take a few seconds to think about games with hammers? And that give you a fair amount of freedom with them. My first thought process was something like a survival game. But I think the fact that there's nobody around to kill is unlikely. Hold on. I think I know. Okay. What's thinking here? Was this you when you tried Hitman 3? I think so. Okay. And I mean, I I'm trying right. to I'm trying to round back around in my mind to think. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was you trying Hitman Three. It was. 
Yes, yes, it was. Uh, because I'm trying to remember what level it was in. Because there's the opening level where you're on like a boat or whatever and you're kind of going through. I think you only did and the high the, rise. Well, there was that one. And then there was the second one, which I think was a tutorial level. And then I did Dartmoor the high Manor. rise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you didn't get to Dartmoor. You got to the No, I did. Rise. I started okay. it and I never finished it because it was Come the on. one where I'd like sneak in through the window. That's the best um, one. It was the <laughs> yeah. It was the what's it called the the knives out house style yes, situation. Exactly. Yeah, I did start it and I got through some of it and I just never put the game back up. Okay, I feel confident with that answer. You ready to reveal? Yeah, do it. Boom! It was me, Hitman Three, Episode Two Forty Six. Yes. Bang bang! <laughs> two points, bro. We got it. Good job. Okay. Quote number two. Listen, I've got faith in you until you fuck up. <laughs> I this sounds like something I would say. Yeah. But but here's the problem. As we've as we're learning, Chris. It sounds like something I would say too. This is absolutely something you would say too. Yeah. Well, if we can at least get one point out of this, well, we're gonna be doing all right. The way the way it sounds is that this was done during a co-op game, and we have not played a lot of co-op together. Oh yeah. Could it have been? Also, from I don't the know Destiny how old times. these so I just want to reverence this is episode two forty six was what the episode are we on now? <laughs> Three thirty four. That was a long time ago. So this can be quite a while back. Could this With be that in Destiny? Mind, that feels wrong. Yeah. But I don't know what else we've really played. Conan. I'm almost wondering if this is about you coming back around to a game that you've always hated on. And it being something where it's like, I've got faith in it until you fuck it all up or something. But I don't know. No, or, this- or like a, a platinum that you've been working toward and, and you just, you know. Yeah, I, I'm look. I genuinely cannot think of a game. Conan yeah. feels maybe too, depending on where it lands, maybe too new for this. Can we just bet uh, on you? And I want to say it's me. Fine, because I'm we'll fine. get at least one. <laughs> Are you? Re- oh wait, okay, I, I'm fine with Destiny. I was thinking that maybe I had a game in mind, but I don't think I do. All right, Brett, Cult of the Lamb. <laughs> oh, so close. Episode 273. I remember okay. that too, because I was talking about how my whole cult died. <laughs> and you, no, you died because I named because it you after made you. A, yep. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I do, I had faith quite literally in your cult yeah, until you literally. fucked up. Yep. All right. All right. Quote number three, Chris. So we're at three points. We're not doing bad. That's not uh, bad. <laughs> All this heroin's here. Might as well bump this heroin. <laughs> oh, my. That's oh. definitely you. And it's- what game has heroin in it? Watch it. Well, I mean, he did say what game it's about. So it can't be one of our random tangents that are not even gaming related. What game, what game have I played where heroin was just actively available? Dude, I don't know. All this heroin's here. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well take a bump. Mm. Here's the thing. I would think the heroin would be, sh- would be showed in a game like Grand Theft Auto, but I don't play Grand Theft Auto. And I 
uh, Grand Theft Auto 4 is like the first time I've played a Grand Theft Auto game since 2013. <clears throat> so, with that in mind, seems unlikely. <sighs> what game would have heroin? Some kind of military? <laughs> some kind of military shooter? The next episode of Quartal Recall. What game has heroin? <laughs> it's actually a great quote. <laughs> Dude, I honestly am drawing a complete get blank. It sounds like you, but again, oh, I definitely if you said think, it was me, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, honestly, same as well. But also, if we're going to play the, the game, right, I've been the last two. What are the chances that the third quote is also from me? Yeah. But you then we I'm can saying? continue playing the game and go, but the last two are from you, so he thinks that he's we're gonna guess me, which means it's you because he's trying to trick us. <laughs> um that's just like the whole thing of you can't get off Call of Duty on a loss, but you can't stop a win streak. I mean, yeah, I suppose. Uh. Grand Theft Auto is like one of the only games that comes to mind that really shows hardcore drug use. I don't know. I'm trying to think like Sleeping Dogs. I didn't play Sleeping Dogs though. You know That's, what I mean? That's first like, of all, fix that. Second of all, okay. Um, again, I, I would just bet you and I don't have a guess. I'm going to say me, and man, I really wish I could think of a game. The problem with my brain is I've seen Tropic Thunder so many times. I think of the scene where Jack Black busts in and he lands in the pile of heroin and, he, and he's like, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he's an addict. Um, all right. I feel very unfortunate. I can't think because I, I know with as Brett soon as I'm, and Tropic Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> the Tropic Thunder, the game. I'd play that game. I would um, too. All right. We're going to. Brett RuneScape, episode <laughs> 260. What in sure, the man. hell was I doing in RuneScape where there was heroin? But, I don't you know, know what? Speaking of a tangent, did you see that um, Jonathan Majors got fired? And then there was I that did. meme going around that it was Kirk Lazarus was going to replace him. <laughs> I did. Pretty good. I did. All right, Chris. Quote number four. We got four points at least. I had to adjust my body so I could throw a bowling ball while dropping a deuce. That this was is me. Chris talking about Wii Sports. <laughs> yeah, Switch Sports. <laughs> Chris Nintendo Switch Sports, episode 267. Nailed it. Um, all right, we got six points. We're doing good. Uh, quote five. Objectively, <laughs> it's funnier to be fat. <laughs> This is Chris. This has got to be you. It's definitely me. I feel that in my bones, uh, <laughs> my big I, bones. Um, I can feel myself saying it. Objectively, it's funnier to be fat. All right, fat characters in games. <laughs> Uncharted two. Chris talking about Uncharted two because we were talking about Donut. Drake. Oh, what, what about Donut Drake? Donut okay, let's Drake. find out. Chris Conan Exiles. <laughs> <laughs> because it was when we were talking about how you had your big yiddies. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And when we were talking about how you can make your character either super muscular or super fat, because that's how the game works. It allows yeah. you to create the spectrum. I wonder exactly what you mentioned it about, though, because that's pretty funny. Listen, logic tracks, all I'm saying. Donut Maybe Drake so. is objectively I wonder if it was the about the thing Drake. where you could jump on the head of someone to kill them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wonder yeah. if it was in relation to that. So <laughs> Maybe. 
We'll find out. So we got uh, we got one point out of that. Yeah. Uh, so we're at seven. Quote number six. It's just that scene from American Pie, and the game is what happens inside the pie. What the hell? This was you, but I don't think we were talking about a specific game because it reminds me of us pitching stuff. There's no way. It's this is definitely you. No, I do. I I promise you, if these if these words left my lips, <laughs> I, I would remember. Chris, you don't know. I, don't I say a lot it. of unhinged shit. I do. You can ask my wife. I believe it. This isn't one of them, buddy. Okay, I'll but take I, it. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. It's a good line. I'll take it. But <laughs> it's just that scene from American Pie and the game is what happens inside the pie. This makes me think that you're being derogatory and you're doing it toward a game that's meant to have some kind of like uh, people talk about it as though it's deeper meaning, which makes me think that it would be near Automata? I can see near the last of us, but you didn't play replicant. Did you not enough? I, I don't think I said that about near because here's the thing. When we did the near spoiler cast, I was trying super hard not to make you mad. <laughs> oh, this so, was after the, this. <laughs> you, I don't know. This was after I'm pretty sure, but okay. hard to say because Re- replicant came out after the spoiler cast for, uh, so near. I think we would have had a reason to be talking about Nier again, but also Nier has become a joke on the show to some degree when we talk yeah. about your Disney for Nier. Um, but I can't think of, can you think of another game that's kind of got people that talk about like, what's well, just so deep? I mean, all of them are Yoko Taro games. And I don't, the only one I know <laughs> that you've played was uh, Automata, unless you played some of Replicant, which I don't, I don't think you did. I know you did. I know you didn't play Dragon Card 3. No, I own it though. Oh yeah, sick game. Mm-hmm. Good, good pool. Good thing to have on your shelf to sit yeah, in there. Pretty dope. Yeah, um, I'm saying it's you. I'm gonna guess near Automata. I don't have a guess for this, so. But I, I don't know. <clears throat> I think uh, it's you. okay. <laughs> okay. Good news, Chris. It's you. No. <laughs> oh, okay. What was I talking? Bad news. About? It's near replicant. Which no shit. I don't. Did you pl- you said so you did play a very small amount of it? Yeah, I played the opening. Oh wait, I wonder. Cause you remember I was talking about how I was doing a trophy and I was having the only trophy I'm missing for the game is a grind for that one fucking thing where you got to keep doing it. Yeah, I almost wonder if you said it in reference to me talking about grinding the trophy. Maybe I don't remember. It's episode two seventy six. I'm gonna have to do a little bit of uh, research myself. Go back and hear it. Yeah. All right. So we got. Eight points total right now. All right, quote some quote seven. Sometimes you'd squeeze it, and once <laughs> sometimes you'd squeeze it once, and it would break. What? Uh, sometimes you'd squeeze it once, and it would break. Um. Okay. Squeeze. Squeeze. The problem is it here VR? is I, I don't I don't have enough I don't have enough context for what break means in this situation. So, Chris, what are games that you bitched about? Because <laughs> this is how I'm thinking this might have to do with the dual sense and how certain games end up using the triggers 
to resist you in certain ways. So what are games that you've had problems with with the triggers? I had problems with Forspoken, so let's I'm gonna look at myself too. Forspoken, but nothing's gonna break there. That's just Dude, I, you get tired of smacking them down. <laughs> yeah, I genuinely don't know what this is referring to or who said it. I have no sense. I would almost say you said it because I have so little recollection of the words. I mean, same, but we can guess on me. I don't have a game. Unfortunately, Velvet, I think we have to scoop this one and hope we get lucky. This was Chris about the medium. Episode 283. What could you break in the medium? Oh, we were talking about how those puzzles or the doors were supposed to be like this hard thing. And then all of a sudden you could just maybe it's that. Oh, you're talking about the, the, the flesh doors that you had yeah. to like cut? Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Quote number eight. It really got me bangers and mash going. That's oh, all. Th- this sucks because it's probably me, but this was me referencing the fact that Joe hey it, it might have been me hold on i think it's me referencing the fact that when joe was a guest on the show and that would actually be interesting if it wasn't either of us it was a guest the joe but he doesn't like the word banger but oh. this is also clearly just a british game so if we this is british referencing so it could have just been a game where you play as a british person yeah. which could be either of us at that point and i don't know enough i definitely didn't say these words how many points do we need 15 okay golly um he went hard (laughs) man uh yeah i got nothing wait 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 wait. chris we're stupid listen since the last quote will recall you know you understand that we did a whole fucking episode where we did the what we're playing in british accents and also terrible australian accents <laughs> okay what were we playing was that spider-man 2 week or was that alan wake or both might have been alan wake i i feel like i don't remember doing it to alan wake and I played Spider-Man 2 before Alan Wake. I'm going to say... Mm, I'm going to say this is me talking about Spider-Man 2. Okay. If you have objections, I'm willing to hear them. Nope, I do not. <sighs> okay, it's it's me talking about Spider-Man 2, episode Let's 328. Go. So like Let's a few go. weeks back. Oh, Okay. That was a good one, though, because the thing is, is with Joe <laughs> being there, I started doing the bangers of mash occasionally for people who just listen to both shows just to, you know, just to throw my hat, my ring in the hat there. Um, even though I think it's actually bangers and slangers is their thing that they go between. Oh, OK. You know? So it's like team banger, team slanger. Uh, so <laughs> quote number nine, uh, I will start number a new nine. campaign specifically to go smack her ass. Me talking about Baldur's Gate 3. Let's go. Uh, also, I got to figure out how many, before I reveal the answer, how many points are we at? We had Ten, eight. Right? That was nine. Ten. So let's see what we got here. Twelve. Nope. This was me talking about Swordbreaker, and I remember that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. That game is the one where you, every single decision has like a tree that yeah. you can go down. Oh, man. Because I fucked remember, that up. I remember in my 
current playthrough, I killed a certain character in Baldur's Gate 3, but I want a romancer in my next one. So, Well, what's funny is that in the game, it's literally to go smack her ass, like in Swordbreaker, whereas Baldur's Gate will not let you slap ass, unfortunately, even though this clearly reads as like more the like, yeah, I'm a, <laughs> yeah. yeah, somebody's already done it. Well, Chris, I think we've officially lost, but for the, for the fun of the game, quote number 10. Okay. My dummy thick butt keeps clapping and I can't hear the dialogue. The, mm, I'm going with me, but I don't remember the game because it's not about Red Dead. I think is it, it is because Red we Dead? kept making the, uh, I think it, we kept doing the, I'm trying, Arthur, <laughs> but the sound of my <laughs> dummy thick Jesus waking uh, up the old Driscolls. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that into the show. The clapping of my ass is alerting <laughs> yeah. the old Driscoll. I'm pretty sure that's what it is because that was a vi- uh, that was a random YouTube video I saw. Yeah, that was the uh, but Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it if you think it's that one. We lost already, that, so we've lost already. Chris, Red Dead Two, Episode Three Hundred. There you go. Red Not Dead even that long ago. All right. Well, Velvet, thank you for one final Velvet's Corner. We have lost. So I guess the first episode of the year will have some kind of crappy cosplay as long as I can get something here from Amazon because, you know, it's that time of the year. If I can get something here in time, because we don't have a store in town for me to cosplay, I'm going to look and see what I already have. But it, I'll figure it out. I may be the worst Sam Porter Bridges you've ever seen. I would actually just throw <laughs> on the Dead Space helmet and wear it the whole episode if you could hear me talk, but you wouldn't be able to. <laughs> So, unfortunately, that's where we are. Uh, Chris. Yeah. Thank you for joining me, sir. This has been the end of the episode. Uh, So, I'll give everybody kind of a little shout out real quick. Um, We were kind of talking about what we wanted to do this week because we wanted to be a shorter episode and not worry since we were busy at work. Um, And Chris and I were talking about um, wanting to talk about games we're excited for for next year. And we decided not to do that today because we wanted a little more time to prepare. Of course, we hinted at some of it today. But I think we're going to really get into uh, next episode. I assume it's going to be us kind of talking about games uh, from 2023 that we really enjoyed. um, And then also talking about the 2024 games that we really enjoyed so that we can kind of lead or that we think we'll enjoy it so that we can kind of lead into uh, choosing our Metacritic draft for next year so that maybe this year I can beat Chris. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I won. Yeah, pretty sure. I, I, no, I don't think any scores have changed enough for that to matter. So. It's been over for, what, two months? <laughs> you just wait. If Sons of the Forest shadow drops on the, the 29th. <laughs> Could you imagine? Or Stellar Blade? <laughs> wouldn't that be insane, though? If, like Both suddenly someone drop? gets crazy and we're just the same spot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't I'm not expecting that. But Chris, thanks for joining me as always, man. We will see you uh all next year with the first official episode. Um and I guess with that in mind, we're gonna uh propose a question for the community's take, which we've kind of been being lax on just due to the way everything's going. But I like the uh I, I like the question that we got from uh Jehudi here, and I wanna use it. So as Jehudi said, what was uh a gaming decision that you made this year uh, that you regretted. 
we'll we'll go off of that just uh, and then maybe we'll even do include the uh what's one that counterbalanced it as something you enjoyed but until next week this has been triangle squared a playstation podcast i've joined by chris as always i'm brett your host if this was your first time with the show we hope you enjoyed it and you stick around we'll see you next year just like everyone else very hopefully uh if you want to Go and spend more than just your time listening to the show every week to support us, which we are always thankful for. You can head over to patreon.com slash nartech and give as little as a dollar per month to support the show. We are always appreciative of those who do so because it helps us keep the show running without digging into our own pockets. And we always shout them out at the end of every episode uh, as they help make this possible. But before I do that, if you want to be part of the community's take or just talk to us about what we talk about on the show and chime in with your own opinions, join us anywhere. Feel free to tweet to us or post to us on X uh, over at Triangle SQRD on that site. Uh, you can find us in Facebook on uh, Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. It's a group you can ask to be entered into. And of course, our favorite that we always like to plug is Discord, where we have a lot of our listeners and a lot of our patrons specifically uh, go in there and chat up with us. It's completely free to join. You don't have to be a patron. So just come in, talk to us about what you've been playing. Talk to us about what trophies you're getting. Join the trophy competition for next year uh, so that you can get... Uh, a, a stupid shirt <laughs> as a prize <laughs> and maybe something more. Um, but with that said, we will hopefully hear from more of you in the discord uh, down in the description below, whether you're watching on YouTube and video format or listening on your favorite podcast service. If you are listening on your favorite podcast service and it allows you to rate the show, consider taking a moment out of your time, out of your day to rate the show. Let us know what you do and don't like about it. If it lets you review it. And if nothing else, let people know if you think the show is worth their time. Chris, we have come to an end here, so I think it's time to shout out our lovely patrons. Uh, so, without further ado, we'd like to thank Spencer, Brandon Edwards, Alex, Barry Rogers, Stingray X, Easton328, Aztec King, Leechion69, The Lord Corgi, Bailey Robertson, Mark Schutz, Cypher Primus, Kyle Grimm, Rude Days93, Kevin Bacon Bits, Danny Villiobos, Jehudi MD, No Fate, Josh Ayers, Derek Porter, Donovan Williams, Matthew Green, and Sean Santarude. Thanks to each and every one of you. We'll see you next week.